Welcome to another Aflame teaching session. We hope you enjoy this special message by Hank Kleinschmidt. So let's open our Bibles. I want to talk to you out of the book of Hosea, uh, chapter 2. It's been... The scripture has been on my heart, like, and, and God's been dealing with me from this scripture. So I want to start. Uh, I want to start here, and we're just going to read and see where we end up. I don't necessarily have a plan, but I hope it works. All right, Hosea chapter two, from verse fourteen. It says, um, "Therefore," so that means there's a lot of stuff that happened before this, right? A lot of stuff was said before verse 14, and we'll, we'll get to that a little bit, but now it comes to the awesome part, which is great, because the part before this wasn't that nice. Therefore, behold, I will allure her, I will bring her into the wilderness and speak comfort to her. Right, and I want to pause there a little bit. So, to me, that's literally what I feel like the Lord is doing, is like, the Lord is going and He's saying, I'm, I'm alluring you into the wilderness, right? I'm drawing you into a different place. I'm drawing you away from a bunch of things. I, cause, cause He wants to speak comfort to her, right? Isn't that amazing? He's pulling you into a wilderness. He's pulling us into a wilderness so that, so that He can whisper into our ears words of comfort, words of strength, words of encouragement, words of hope. Direction, whatever, however you want to see it, and that's what the Lord is busy doing in the season, right? He's drawing us into a completely different place. Maybe my accent was bad. Hosea, Tvia, Hosea, Tvia, Hosea, two, not Isaiah, but Vivietni. Hosea, okay. Echelom. All right. So the Lord speaks to her and he says, to Israel, he says, I'm going to bring you into the wilderness so that I can speak comfort to you. It was about September last year, and the Lord started speaking to me, and I had no idea what was going on. We're flying with the ministry, we're doing what we're doing, we're in the villages, we're, you know, doing our stuff, and, and it's my birthday uh, in September, and I sit down and I just go like, Lord, what do, you want to, what do you want to talk to me about? And he says, I want you to look at Isaiah 41. I, I turned 41, so I know that's a bit of a cheat, but it works. For me. So uh, I go, all right, Isaiah 41, it's awesome, beautiful, amazing stuff. Then I, then I get to this verse, Isaiah 41, verse 17 and 18, and it says, The poor and needy are seeking water, but there is none. It's, and I read it, and it goes, Their tongues are parched with thirst. And when I read that word parched with thirst, I literally just started crying, and I had no idea why. It's like, it's just this floodgate just opened, and I'm going, Lord, who is this? You know, who, who's, who are these poor and needy people, you know? What are you talking about? And I, I keep reading, because it, it's beautiful, and it's this rich promise. He says, but, but I, Lord, will answer them myself. I, the God of Israel, will not neglect them. I will open rivers on the barren heights and springs in the midst of the valleys, I will make the wilderness a reed pool of water and, this, and the dry land springs 
of water. And I read this and I'm thinking, who is the parched people? Who are these poor needy souls? I mean, shame, eh? Who are they? And immediately I'm thinking about the lost. I'm thinking about those that's, you know, that's not born again, that doesn't know the Lord. And then that's where, immediately where my mind is racing, just kind of the way I'm wired maybe. And I'm going to that place and I'm thinking, oh man, okay, Lord, we need to do more. We need to get more souls. And I'm just crying, but I don't know why. <laughs> and the next moment he says, I'm not talking about the lost. I'm talking about the church. And I'm going, what? He says, yeah, they're parched. And I go, oh, yeah, I, I know that church down the road. They're a bit dry. <laughs> Not a lot of Holy Spirit in that place. And I go, yeah, that, I know that one. They're, they're struggling, you know. I keep kind of going. And he goes, no, I'm talking about you. <laughs> he says, you are parched. You are thirsty and you don't even know it. You are so thirsty and you have no clue. You have no clue. I'm going, Lord, what are you talking about? And my mind starts racing to Revelation chapter 3, right? Verse 14 to 21, where he speaks to, to the church in Laodicea. And he says to them, listen, I, I wish that you would have been either hot or cold. Remember that one? Right, we all know it. Right? We've read it like a hundred times. I wish that you were either hot or cold, but, but you're lukewarm. And I'm thinking, again, surely not me, Lord, <laughs> you know, and look at what we're doing for you, right? Sure, you've never spoken like that. And 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 he goes, let me just read it, because it's better if I read it. Listen to what he says. Uh, verse 15, I know your works, goes on, you're lukewarm, neither hot nor cold, and I will vomit you out of my mouth. And again, when you read this, you're always thinking about the unsaved, aren't you? Be honest. Because verse 20 is like, behold, I'm standing at the door and I'm knocking. Right? The problem is, he's not speaking to the unchurched. He's speaking to the church. He's speaking to us and he's going, I'm standing at your door and I'm knocking. Are you hearing me? I'm standing at your door and I'm saying to you, church, you're lukewarm. I'm going, this is not a fun message. I'm sorry, this is not a good entry for a Friday night, right? But he's going, you're, you're lukewarm. Why? Listen to what he says. He says, I, I will vomit you out of my mouth. That's pleasant. Verse 17. Because you say, listen to this. You've got to get this. Because you say, I am rich. I have become wealthy and have need of nothing. Yet, you do not know that you are wretched, wretched, miserable, poor, blind, and naked. Right? And I'm thinking of all of this stuff. I'm thinking of these parched people. And and you're always thinking of somebody else. And he goes, I'm talking to you. I'm talking to you. Me. I'm talking to you. You think... You are all of these things, but you're wretched, you're miserable, you're poor, you're naked. I heard a guy preach on this the other day, such a brilliant preach, oh my goodness. And he says he's, he, he's sitting on this scripture and also the same thing, God's just dealing with him. This was supposed to be tomorrow morning, but anyway, we're just going to do it now. And, and the Lord says, and the Lord's just dealing with him. And, and, 
And the Lord says to him, like, you're, you're lukewarm, same thing. And he goes, okay, but what does that mean? And the Lord says to him, lukewarm is any area of your life that you think you don't need me anymore because you've arrived. He says, that's lukewarm. Any area where we think that I've got this under control. Like, you know, I may really suck at that, but at least I'm a good parent. You know, we always joke in the village, I always tell Maurice, I'm like, I feel great about our parenting. And we all know that parents don't feel great about their parenting most of the time. Am I right? But like, in the village, I feel great because I compare myself to the villagers. And then it's like, I feel fantastic about my parenting. I mean, come on, this is awesome, you know. But that's not what he's saying. He's saying, I need you to measure in a different way. Right? The point is, we're, we're... called into a wilderness, he's alluring us into a wilderness, and a wilderness is not about a difficulty, that's not the point. A wilderness is about when we start looking around and we go, I'm in trouble without Jesus. I'm in trouble if I don't have more of Jesus. And all of us are probably born again in this room, but he's speaking to the church. He's speaking to the church and saying, guys, you've become lukewarm. The area where you think you've arrived in the Lord, that's the area where you're lukewarm. He's saying, I'm going to spit you out. And he's not, he's not being mean. Listen, he's not evil. He's not being mean. He's saying, because you think you're okay. Isn't that the scary part? You think you're okay. You think you've got this. We think we've got this thing managed. And I'm sitting there, it's September, and I'm going, I didn't understand, people are parched. And then I'm going, this year, this year starts, and the Lord just pulls the rug out under us in a good way. And he just said, you're going to be in the city for a while. I'm going, that doesn't make sense. We're in the village, that's what we do. And I'm like, no, you're going to be in the city. I'm like, why? Because <laughs> I say so. And it's supposed to be fun, right? Because it is, trust me, village is not the easiest place in the world. And we're sitting there and I'm going, okay, what's this about? And he keeps giving me Isaiah, Usia, Tuya, to <laughs> verse 14 onwards. He says, I'm alluring you into the wilderness because I want to speak words of comfort to you. Yeah? He's calling us to himself in a way we've never experienced before. He's calling us back to the place of intimacy like nothing we've ever felt before. And intimacy, intimacy, intimacy. We've been saying it for years. We've been talking about it. But what is it about? What's the point? What's the goal of this whole thing? Why is he calling us to him? Right? Why is this happening? Because we need to look like him. We need to look like something. We need to look like he looks. We need to be like he is. We uh, A beautiful thing that uh, um, I think it was St. Bernard said in the very long ago, he said, we become by grace what he is by nature. We become by grace what he is by nature, right? But he's still standing at the door and he's knocking and he's going, will you let me in? Again, you need to remember, he's speaking to the church. He's speaking to the church and he's saying, I'm not in your heart. Isn't that frightening? Just, just let go of the things, let go of whatever we're thinking. Is, is Jesus is standing at this church and he's knocking on the door and he's going, 
guys, I'm outside. And we're all reading it and we're going, oh, the poor lost people. Man, they really need to open the doors of their hearts. And he's going, I'm speaking to you. I'm speaking to you. I want to come in. I want to dine with you. I want to feast with you. But I'm outside and I'm going, I want to come in. Right? You're like, no, Lord, I'm fine. You're good. You're in my heart. He's like, son, you don't know. You're rich, wretched, you're naked, you're poor, you're miserable, and you don't even know it. You're in the wilderness and you don't even know it. You're thirsty and you don't even know it. It's in that rust. <laughs> and it's not an accusation. It's like the Lord saying, come up here. It's, this is what he's doing. He's not, rebu- he's, not beating them over, he's not beating them with a stick. He's just going, come up here. I've got something better for you. You need to be with me. Right? Come. Come. Come closer. I'm alluring you into the wilderness because I want to whisper words of comfort in your ear. <laughs> and suddenly you start looking at this stuff and you go, okay, wow, maybe I have missed it a little bit. Maybe I haven't been the greatest parent in the world. How impatient am I with my children sometimes? And he started, and he's still busy. Listen, I'm, I'm still a wreck as I'm standing here. This is not done. This has only started a couple of days ago, literally. And I'm still going, oh, I'm repenting for a lot of stuff all of a sudden. But I thought I was on fire. I thought I was okay. And he's going, you're lukewarm, son. I love you. Don't do this. Don't do this. Look at me. Don't do this. You're lukewarm. Come on. We can do better. We can do better. I'm alluring you into the wilderness. Please recognize that it's a wilderness. <laughs> Please. And when I say wilderness, people go, okay, that means I'm stripped of my money, I'm stripped of it. No, maybe it is. That's not the point. David says in the Psalms, uh, Psalm 63, he says, I'm in this dry and weary land. Where is that? It's here. It's anywhere where he is not. It's anywhere where he's not everything, where he's not at the center of everything that I'm doing. It's anywhere where he's standing on the outside of the door, still knocking, trying to come in. And we go, oh, I'm good. And he goes, no, no, you're, you're miserable. <laughs> you don't even know it. You're miserable. You really need me. <laughs> Isn't it awesome? He's not angry. He's just going, you really need me. You've got to open this door. Right? This is where he's calling us to. It's, it's, it's a good place, by the way. And he goes on and he says, I counsel you. That's a beautiful word. And he's not rebuking you. He's not shouting at you. He's not angry at you. He says, listen, I, Mark, like, it's like me standing with my son. It's like, I wanna, can I give you some good advice here? I just want to give you good advice. Use it, don't use it. It's up to you. But this is what I would suggest. He says, <laughs> he says, Buy from me gold refined in the fire. (laughs) What does that mean? It means we sit in the fire of his love and we go, burn away, Lord. So that I look like you. So that I respond like you next time. Man, it sucks. So that I behave like you next time when they poke me with accusation or, Lord, just burn away my impatience, Lord. Burn away my unbelief. Burn away my negativity, Lord. Burn away my moaning spirit. Burn it away, Lord. 
Just burn it away. Just burn it away, Lord. So that the gold is left, the gold of the kingdom, the gold that is Jesus Christ, the, the treasure that is above any worth, right? So that, that's what's left in me. That's what he's looking for, right? He says, I counsel you, buy gold. Refine in the fire. Who feels like you're in the fire? Yeah, hallelujah, it's a good space. You're, you're exactly where he wants you. We want the gold, right? Aren't you tired of the other stuff? The patterns, the things that keeps happening over and over again. We're just like, we've had enough of that. Can we just get the gold? So bring the fire. <laughs> it's horrible, but just bring it on, right? Just bring it on. That you may be rich and white garments. Oh, man, I read that the other day and I thought, well... You know, I am the righteousness of God. We all heard the message I've preached and all of those stuff. And he goes, yeah, it's true. But just remember, your your best efforts is still like filthy rags before me. So everything that you're doing that's not out of the place of my voice and my spirit and my presence, sorry, son, it's not good enough. It's not going to stand the taste of time. It's going to wear you out. It's going to destroy you in the end because you're building something that I haven't asked you to build. You're doing something that I haven't asked you to do. You're behaving in a way that is not my heart. You need white garments clothed in the righteousness of God. He goes on and he says that you may be clothed, that the shame of your nakedness may not be revealed. Do you hear that he's not angry? He's not angry. He's going, I want to cover you. I want you to be protected. I don't want you to be embarrassed. I don't want you to be ashamed. I don't want you to sit with guilt and all of that. He's, he's removing stuff so that we can sh- shift into a different season. Anoint your eyes with the eye souls that you may see. And yeah, that's about seeing the Spirit, but it's also about seeing yourself and seeing the reality of God and what He's saying and what He's not saying. Thinking that this is the way we should go, but it's not the way of the Lord. There is a way that seems good to a man, but it leads only to destruction, right? Proverbs 16, I think. There is a way that seems good to a man, but it end, end leads only to destruction. And unless we have the balm, the healing oil of the Lord to see our own lives, right? To see ourselves the way He sees us, naked before the Lord, exposed before the Lord, so that He can do what? Then He can whisper words of comfort in your ear. It's not a rebuke. It's not a rebuke. Do you hear me? It's not a rebuke. It's a loving God going, we can do better. Right? Hosea, back to Hosea 2. He says the following, listen. <laughs> Are you okay? You're not, you're not moving a lot. So everybody can just take a deep breath. Just smile at someone. I can feel better, please. Verse 15. Hosea, verse 15. I will give her her vineyards from there. Right, vineyards is always speaking of intimacy. It's always speaking of the place of being with God. It's that's what he's talking about. He says, "I'm going to restore your intimacy with me." Right? I'm going to restore your intimacy with you. I'm giving you back your vineyards. He says, "I will give her the vineyards from there and the valley of Akor as a door of hope." Akor means trouble. 
So he says, the valley of trouble, the hard space that you're in, is going to become a door of hope. Isn't that awesome? The, the tough space, the valley that you're in, he says, no, no, I'm going to open it up, it's going to become a door of hope. It's going to become part of the story of how I've redeemed everything, how I've changed everything. It's this encouragement from the Lord saying, if you're just willing to be honest and real with yourself and with me, then the difficulty in your life will become a door of hope. I'm opening it up. I'm changing the season. I'm going to turn it around. And he says, and you shall sing there as in the days of your youth, as in the day when you came up from the land of Egypt. So it's like the, the Lord is restoring a season in our lives where, where we, Egypt was a good season, right, when they came out. Amen? Right, they came out of Egypt. God moved in power, signs and wonders. His glory all around them. Glory in the day, glory at night. I mean, the shoes aren't being worn out. The clothes aren't being worn out. They've just escaped from Egypt. The impossible, the kingdom of kingdoms on the earth just fell, right? And they come out and they're singing the song. This glory. I mean, imagine you just walked through the Red Sea. Right? You just walked through the Red Sea and you went, okay, that was impossible, right? And everybody's going, did you guys see that as well? I'm, I'm sure we would just walk through the Red Sea. Did you see it as well? We're all going, yeah, it's fine. No, man, it wasn't the tea. It was really what happened, right? We all saw it, right? And then it just closes on Egypt and they go, oh, that's it now. We're, we're out. Oh, and look, we've got all the gold and silver and jewels and riches of Egypt as well. We're free. What a good deal, right? And they start singing this song, the song of celebration in response to what the Lord has done for them, right? And he says, this is what I'm going to do with you. Think of the high point in your walk with the Lord. Think of the high point in your walk with the Lord. That's what he wants to restore. That's what he wants to restore. That's the song that God wants to give back to us, right? Because he's doing all of this. Have you realized? Have you seen how we absolutely, we are not involved in any of this? <laughs> I mean, I will allure you into the wilderness. Like, we, we don't even get it. He's like, don't worry, you just sit back. I'm going to do everything because obviously, yeah. I'll do it. Because this is the thing, when you do it, you become lukewarm. When, when it's us trying, it doesn't work. When it's us putting in all the effort, it doesn't work. Because the therefore, in verse 14, before that, all of it is about the spirit of harlotry. All of it is about a nation that prostitutes themselves to idols and to other gods. That, that's the point. It's a mess. And basically, he says, I'm going to remove your wine. I'm going to remove your grain. I'm going to remove your oil. That's what he says in the, in the preceding verses. He's like, I'm just going to strip everything off of you. I mean... I don't know, probably the children, everything is going to die, it's going to be horrible, I'm never going to listen to you ever again. And then verse 14 he goes, you know what? Ah, this is what I'm going to do. I'm going to lure you into the wilderness. It's him. He's doing all of this in our lives. And he's going, I am pulling you in this season. And you can feel the pull. You could feel it in the worship tonight. You could feel it the first minute we started singing. There's a pull in the Lord, and we don't even get what it is. This is the pull. It's back to the Lord, back to Jesus, back to sitting with the Lord, back to buying the gold and the garments and, and, and the oil that we need so that we can see that we're not lukewarm. It's back to opening our hearts again and saying, Jesus, walk in. Walk in. Man, our hearts became hard. Maybe not yours. But I, re I sat one morning and I'm going, 
why is my heart feeling the way it's feeling? Like, and I'm not talking about relational issues or stuff like that. I'm talking with him. Saying, why is my heart feeling this way? Why is my heart feeling this way? And he literally said to me, your heart became a little bit hard. But I love you, Lord. He said, I know. But you've got to open up. Open up. Open up. Is it okay if I'm honest? Verse 16. And it shall be in that day that the Lord says that you will call me my husband and no longer my ball. Right? Can you listen to the language of your God? Right? He's saying, I'm going to lure you into the wilderness. I'm going to change everything. And you're going to move away from calling me Baal. And you're going to call me my husband. Now, the weird thing between those words is they have the same meaning in the Hebrew. It's interesting. It, it, it sounds the same, the initial look at it, right? But Baal is, is husband man. But then when you go on and you read that, if I can find it, it says... Uh, Baal means it's a master or an lord over you. That's Baal, right? And the Lord says, I'm going to remove that from you and you're going to call me husband, which is champion, protector, bride, bridegroom. And when I read it, I thought, ah, but it's idol, you know, it's idol worship and, you know, all of that. So it's kind of simple to look at it. And I realized that's not the issue. The issue in our hearts is this, is that the name Lord, right, to us, to me, the name Lord can, it's, it's one word, but what it implies is it could be different. Because I could see him as the master, the Lord over me in the negative. But he's saying, no, no, I want to be your husband, your protector, your bridegroom. It's intimacy. It's different language. It's works. Right? Versus you're my bride. It's a, a, a master lording it over you versus a king inviting you. Right? It's the ultimate call to be one with God. One with God. Like no other marriage can describe. There's no, the only relationship that comes close to it is marriage. So the only thing that comes close to anything like what the Lord is saying in this season, He's saying, I want you to remember that when you did all those other things in, chapter, in, in verse 1 to 13, what does he call it? He doesn't call it idolatry. Have you noticed? He doesn't call it idolatry. He calls it prostitution. 
Why? Because that's how he sees it. That's how intense this relationship between us and him is. That, that when our hearts drift from him, he goes, it's like you're, you're having an adulterous relationship with another woman. Or with another man. And he goes, it hurts. It's not like, oh no, you're unfaithful, you, you, you're idolater. He goes, no, you're a prostitute, you're a harlot, you're an adulterer. It's the language of God to us. And he's saying, I want that kind of a relationship where it's so intense, so intimate, that, that that is the cornerstone of everything that you do. It's the thread that runs through our whole life. It's that I'm in love with Jesus, and Jesus is in love with me. I'm in love with my Father, and my Father is in love with me, and that is the space that I'm living from in this season. Because I'm alluring you into the world. As I want to speak to you so that you don't burn out again that you don't hit the wall again, that you don't make the same mistakes again, because you can't do it. But if you love me, and if you allow me to love you, things will change. There's longevity, right? Something will shift when we can understand this union with the Lord. It's Jesus. It's always been Jesus. It's not a good idea. It's not... Listen, I love revival with all my heart, and we're going to talk about it. I want to see revival. But I'm telling you, if we don't have him, we're not getting it, because he is revival. (laughs) It's Jesus at the center of everything, and he's saying, I'm calling you my bride, I'm calling you back to me. And I know if you're a man, that's hard language. I get it, right? But maybe you need to see David Hogan in your eyes if you like the way he speaks to Miss Debbie. I'm calling you to me right now. Come. Right? That's intense. It's like you that feels a little bit better, right? <laughs> it's not this weak God. It's a powerful God that calls us close. And he says, I want to be one with you. I want to be one with you. I want to be one with you. We've, we, nothing I'm saying is new. We've said this stuff over and over, but there's something on it in this season. What is your call? No, to do this, to do that. No, no, no. What is your call? Would you walk with me in the cool of the day? That's the call. Right? And then everything else flows out of that place. Everything else. You're not going to call me ball anymore. Uh, It says this, but, but the word husband is a compilation of love and sweetness and familiarity. That's, you will call me husband. Where the word ball is one of fear and domination. Right? It's love, sweetness, and familiarity with God. Not the bad kind, the good kind. That's what he calls us into. And he says, I'm going to do this. Yeah. And he goes on and he says, I'm almost done. (laughs) For I will take from her mouth the names of the balls. And they shall be remembered by their name no more. How do you change somebody's language? How do you change your speech? Only when this happens. Your speech changes when something changes in your heart. Right? Out of the mouth flows what is in the heart. 
So when he removes the name of Baal, when he removes the name of masters and different masters that we might have, he says, but when, for him to remove that, what is he saying? I'm going to change your heart. I'm going to change your heart. Something has to happen in your heart with the Lord. Yeah? Because we've been around this mountain a couple of times. And we've tried, and we've fallen again, and we've tried, and we've fallen again, and we've tried, and we've fallen again, and we've over and over. So, the heart needs to change. And how does the heart change when we're in love? When I'm in love, the heart changes. And then he goes on, beautiful stuff. He says, in that day, I will make a covenant for them. <laughs> that was, it's like, again, have you heard that we've done nothing so far? <laughs> we're just like, I don't even know why we're here. We're just kind of going, okay, awesome. Thank you, Jesus. <laughs> you just keep doing all of this stuff, right? Like, we have done absolutely nothing up to this point at all. Nothing. Except a bit of foolishness before verse 14, but, yeah. And this is the crazy thing that I want you to see. He's using this language knowing who we are. you got to get this. He's using the language of a bride and a bridegroom knowing who you are. Knowing what you've done, knowing what you're doing right now, knowing what you're going to do tomorrow. And he's still speaking to us like that, going, all I want is you. All I want is you. I want a relationship with you. I want you. You're my child. I want you. And he knows everything. He's like, you prostituted, you're an adulterer, all of that stuff. And he still goes, ah, no, I just want you. Isn't that phenomenal? Doesn't even make sense, right? But that's who he is. It's just, his love, righteousness, mercy, all of those things, I get it. But he's going, I'm calling you into me. I know exactly who you are. Don't you worry about it. I know exactly who you are. Are you coming? I'm knocking at the door. And he says, I will make a covenant for them. With the beasts of the field, with the birds of the air, and with the creeping things of the ground. Say thank you, Jesus. Bow and sword of battle I will shatter from the earth to make them lie down safely. So he's like, I'm going to do all of this and don't worry, I'm going to make a covenant on your behalf with all of creation because they listen to me, they're struggling with you, but I'm the boss, right? So don't worry, I've got that part. I'll cover that, right? I'll make a covenant. And then he goes on, he says, I will betroth you. Listen to the language. Don't miss the language. Don't miss the language. Don't miss the language. I will... Not choose you, not call you, not commission you. I will betroth you. <laughs> like, he just can't help himself. I want to marry you. I want to engage you. I want to, listen, I'm going to make a covenant with you as well. It's like, I'm going to make a marriage covenant with you. This is what he's saying. I'm making, I'm proposing to you. I'm making a covenant with you. My stuff is your stuff. Your stuff is my stuff. You all know that thing. And the two shall become one. 
God that made everything is going, I want to be one with you. I want to be one with you. That's it. Like, what do you want me to do? No, don't worry. I'll make a covenant with the field and I'll make a covenant with the beast and I'll... Lord, what do you want me to do? I want you to sit in the wilderness and listen to me speak. Lord, but what about this? No, no. I just... Can you just... Can you just buy from me gold? Can you buy some garments from me and anoint, you know, anoint your eyes with the salt that I will give you? I will give it by the way. But Lord... What about the souls? No, no, no. Just knocking at the door right now. Would you open up? I just want to be with you. Right? He really wants to be with us. Doesn't it blow your mind? And he knows who we are. He knows. Like, I want to be with you. And he goes, I will betroth you to me forever. Forever. Not till your next mishap. Forever. Forever. I will betroth you to me forever. It's eternal covenant that he made with Israel. Saying, I mean, he's just going. I, I, I'm not in this. <laughs> like. I'm boring as a human being. I'm the same every single day. It's like, that's the way. I'm sorry, it's not super exciting. I'm not impulsive. I'm just kind of, you know, I get up and, you know, I'm happy though, but it's not like fireworks. You know, I'm just kind of, okay? And and it might be a little bit boring to be with me forever, right? For, for, For that reason. I don't know if you've been in conversations and you go, this is awesome, but it would be great if this ends now. You know, it's just, I love you, but, you know, we need to cut this. We need to get somewhere now. <laughs> you know, and he goes, <laughs> and he goes, you harlot, you prostitute, you adulterer. I want to be with you forever. Eternity. Man, what does he see in us? What does he see in us? Because he's seeing something. And he goes, yeah, I can live with that forever. Why? Because he knows the more we're with him, the more we're going to be like him. And the more we're like him, the more fellowship flows between Father, Son, Holy Spirit, and you. Father, Son, Holy Spirit, and you. Right? That's the whole idea. It's the flow of relationship between Father, Son, Holy Spirit, and me. Right? Why am I saying this? John 17. Because I will live in you. The Father lives in the Son. The Son lives in you. And you will live in us. (laughs) It's like, I want you there. In that kind of a relationship. And if you are with me, if you're betrothed to me, if you just stick to your guns and let let me do my thing and just surrender. Just surrender. Just love me. Surrender. Love me. Surrender. Just love me. Right? Forever is going to be a great deal. (laughs) Yes, I will betroth you to me. Second time. Betroth. Betroth. It started with covenant in the previous verse. He's, He's serious. 
Like he actually means this, right? He really, he really wants us. And he says, I will betroth you to me in righteousness and justice. Who knows that there's no righteousness in us? Who knows there's no justice in us besides for the work that Jesus did on the cross? Nothing in us. And he says, I'm going to do it. I'm going to give righteousness. I'm going to make this relationship, this covenant is going to be right because of me. This relationship is going to be just because of me. I'm going to mold you. I'm going to recalibrate you and align you with me. And it's going to be awesome. We're going to be one. And he says, then I'm going to stand in loving kindness and mercy. It's the mercy of the Lord. It's the love of God. Let's not forget that. Let's not forget that. Let's not forget this is not our doing. The miracles was not my doing or yours. The favor on our life is not our doing. The grace on us is not our doing. It's Him. It's Him. It's His glory. It's His goodness. It's His kindness. It's His mercy. And what do we do? Thank you, Jesus. Because I am wretched, naked, and poor. I am miserable, actually. But you keep doing this. Thank you. And that is my joy. That is my joy. And he says, again, I will betroth you to me in faithfulness. Third time. Betroth, betroth, betroth. In faithfulness. And then this last line just gets me. And you shall know the Lord. And you shall know the Lord. (laughs) Isn't it crazy? He's like going, listen, I get you don't really know me. Like, you know me a little bit. But I'm going to do all of this stuff. And after me doing all of this, you're going to know me. You'll finally figure out who I am. You'll finally get it. Right? And it's it's like that with Jesus, isn't it? Like, you think you have him figured out, and then he comes and this... (laughs) He does something and you go, okay, that just messed up my whole theology. I don't even know what to do with that. I thought you're this way, but now you're being this way. Like, it's all in scripture. I get it, but it's confusing. I, I thought we understood you. And he's like, no. Uh, and you will know me it's not a knowledge it's a knowledge it's a knowledge of God it's the knowledge of the Lord because why? you've become one it's the knowledge of God in our lives right? that changes everything It, it shifts things into a different season a different space you know there's like, you know, when, when you're an archer, because I always thought of that scripture that he says that you're a polished arrow in my quiver, you know that? And I'm thinking, okay, that's amazing. So I started thinking about arrows a little bit. And you know, in the old days, it had those three severs on them, you know. And then all of them are important. It's called the fletching, I think that's the right word. So all of them are important. But then there's one 
that's a little bit bigger. It's angled at a different shape and it's usually a different color. So two are the same color and this is one that's different. Now that's called the index uh, feather or the index on, on the arrow. And that one is the one that stabilizes everything. You need the other two as well. But there's this one that when that one is missing, that arrow is just all over the show. That thing is, you know, pretty much useless. And I was kind of looking at that for some reason. And the Lord started speaking to me saying, that is intimacy. That. The other things in your life, the ministry part, the family part, the calling, the business, whatever. That, that's awesome. You need them. But without that thing, that's, that's a bit of a different angle, but it's everything. It's everything. And when we miss that one, we lose the rest. The whole thing is out of sync. It doesn't work anymore. But when we got this thing ready, where we understand what he wants to be for us and with us and what he wants to do in our lives, and we understand, excuse me, that he is drawing us. He's drawing us into covenant. He's drawing us into intimacy. He's drawing us into his heart, but he's saying, it starts with us opening ours. Yeah. He loves us so much. He loves us so much. Man, he loves us. He loves us so much. And he goes, I'm just counseling you. I'm not angry. I'm just counseling you. I'm not angry. I'm just drawing you into this place. And I want to tell you something. I know you thought that things are okay, but you're actually thirsty. And you know what you need? You need me. You need me. We need Jesus. Not veiled, not a little bit of Jesus, not Jesus and Jesus. We need Jesus. We need to walk with Jesus. We need to know Jesus. We need to understand who he is because when the next storm comes, the people who know Jesus, they're going to be the ones that's different. When the next storm comes, you better know that you're standing in him. And when that wilderness comes, you go, oh, this is the best possible place. Because <laughs> he's just making covenants left, right, and center. And I'm just kind of going, okay. When was the last time you just sat and just said, Lord, just pour your love on me? When was the last time we just sat and said, Lord, I just opened my heart to you today? Would you come in and dine with me? Just let everything go. No agenda, no nothing. Just, okay. Okay. Personal revival cannot come, cannot come unless he's the center of everything. Right? A personal awakening will not come if it's for any other reason than him. The change we're looking for, the key is literally in our hands. Literally in our hands. And I have a friend, I like, I don't understand them, but you know, tech guys, I don't understand most of them. But when they read the Bible, they read it like, you know, like when I see a door that's closed and the door needs to open, I see like big keys and, you know, stuff like that. 
And this guy goes there and it's like, no, the door is obviously voice automated. You just speak to it and it opens, you know. Because that's tech guys, you know. They're just like, no, man, you're just reading this thing wrong. And the guy said it the other day and I thought, that is so cool. Actually, the doors that's closed in front of us actually open by what we speak in this season. And the way the door opens when we do what? When we say, I hear you knocking, come in. I hear you knocking, come in. And you go, I don't even know how to do that. doesn't matter. Just go every day. Come in. Just Jesus, just come in. Just possess me, Lord. Possess me, Lord. Take hold of me like never before. Right? And you say, yeah, but he already lives in my heart. No, he lives in your spirit. That's why he's standing at your heart and knocking. Even Paul prays in Ephesians 1, he says, so that he, that you can open your heart so that he can dwell with his fullness in your heart. So there's an opening of the heart that allows God to invade us. Right? And I feel like what we're doing in this season is just tonight even. It's just, let's just say, come. Right? Let's just humble ourselves before the Lord. And like I said, this is not a good first night message, I know. But uh, let's just humble ourselves before the Lord and just go, Lord, we just want to be real with you. I think I'm lukewarm in this area. And maybe you're not lukewarm in any area. That's okay. But if there's anything where you go, you know, and just say, Lord, I'm sorry. I repent. I want to see. I need the gold that's refined by the fire. I need white garments. I need all of this. I need your covenant love with me. Yeah. And like maybe you're seeing him as a master. And not as a husband. (laughs) Maybe you're still seeing somehow, some way, you're seeing him as this angry God that's kind of just waiting for his moment. And when you mess up, he's like, oh, man, I knew this was going to happen. Now I'm going to have to forgive him again because I said so. (laughs) And he's going to use his verse against me. No. He's a husband. That made a covenant with you in faithfulness and righteousness, in justice, in mercy and in loving kindness. And he's not like man that he will lie or change his mind. Right? So let's stand together, if you don't mind. Right? And this is the you and him moment. This is not something I can orchestrate. But if something ripped your heart, if something went, okay, that's me. I just want you to go, Lord, that's me. That's all you need to do. Just say, it's me. Lord, I'm lukewarm in this area. I need help. I'm lukewarm in my relationship with you. Yeah, I'm reading more Bible than most people, I guess. But Lord, I'm I'm still lukewarm. 
I'm not happy with this space, God. I want to be hot. I don't want to be lukewarm. Anointing in the word, whatever it is, prayer, relationships, whatever it is, you just go, Lord, just come and, and I, I'm, I get, I get that I haven't arrived. I get it. And I get that I need you so much. And we just say, Lord, Jesus, we love you. Lord, this is a love that's beyond our understanding. I think that's why Paul wrote it. That you would give us strength to understand the love of God. Because it's, it's too high for us, Lord. Lord, thank you that you call me your bride. Sure. And that you fought and gave your life to make me yours forever. You went and paid the highest price for me to be yours. And I did nothing to deserve it. Lord, I want to thank you that, that you want a covenant with me, that we are in a covenant, that you want a covenant with me over and over again, that you want to betroth me, that you want to pull me into this wilderness. And I, I want to declare to you, Lord, that when I look around me, doesn't matter how my house looks or my wallet or my whatever it is, whatever way I'm measuring, God, it is still a wilderness without you. It's still a drop and weary land. I want to repent for not even seeing that I'm thirsty. I want to repent for not even getting that I'm in need of more of you. Lord, it's not about sin tonight. It's not about a sin consciousness. It's not about the bad things I've done. It's just I'm a man and, and we're people, we're humans that needs God, that needs you, that needs to walk in your light, that needs to walk in your revelation. That needs to walk in your love, Lord. And this is the altar call tonight. The Lord says, I counsel you. Come. Come. And if he's speaking, if he's moving on your heart, I want you to come. Come and sit in front. Just come and kneel before the Lord. And the Lord says, he says, I counsel you tonight. Come. Come and buy from me gold refined by the fire. Come and buy from me white garments that you won't be naked anymore. Come and buy balm for your eyes so that you can see. Just let him pull your heart. Just let him pull your heart. doesn't matter. If, if there's no space, doesn't matter. But I want you to just go. Just say, Lord, I'm here. Lord, I'm hearing you. I'm hearing you, Lord. If you, don't, if you can't come forward, just kneel there at your chair. It doesn't matter. Just let's prostrate ourselves before this one 
that's doing everything. <laughs> He's just doing all of it. And this is what we're saying. We're saying, Lord, come in. Lord, come into my heart. Come into my heart. I want a feast. Sure. Listen, guys, it's a feast. It's a feast. It's Psalm 23, verse 5. I'm going to set a table for you in the presence of your enemies. Your cup overflows. I'm going to anoint your head with oil. It's a feast of Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. <laughs> It's the fat things and the wine and, and it's grain and it's oil and it's the goodness of the Lord. It's a feast of love. It's a feast of celebration of God. It's a feast of the new wine and the intimacy with the Lord. And he's saying, just open your heart. So wherever you are, I just want you to start praying that. Just go, Lord, I'm opening my heart. I'm saying, come in, come in, come in, come in, Lord. Just come and feast with me. Come and dine with me, Lord. Lord, come into the areas where I think I'm okay. Come into the areas where I'm not okay. Just come into everything, God, because obviously I need help from you. And it's not because you are evil. You sitting here, you praying. It's not because we're... It's not it. It's like, there is more. There is more. There is more of Him available than we've had. That's what I want. It's, it's not condemnation. It's not guilt. It's just, there's more. I want to look like love. I want to be righteous. I want to look like justice. I want to walk in holiness. I want to be free. And the only way I can get it is by being one with Him. Being one, being one, being one with the Lord of heaven and earth. If you have a problem with your language, I literally mean it like your, your, the stuff that comes out of your mouth, you speak it and you go, wow, that's not, I don't want to sound like that. Whether that's bad language, whether that's complaining, negativity, whatever it is, I want you to put that before the Lord. Right? Because what did I just say? The door is opened with the voice. And how do we change our words by a touch in the heart? If you are struggling with any addiction, if you're struggling with habits, bad habits, whatever, I don't care what it is, but you just, just come and buy some gold, man, come on. Just get some gold, refine in the fire from him, just run and say, Lord, this is it, I need help. Whether that's sexual sin, pornography, uh, addiction, alcohol, drugs, cigarettes, too much sugar, I don't care what it is. 
I'm your bride. I want to be your bride, Jesus. And I'm saying yes. I'm surrendering. I'm saying yes. I'm opening my heart. I'm saying yes. I'm saying yes. Come and free me, Lord. I'm saying yes. Give me your way, Lord. If God is a, a, a master to you, I want you to exchange that thing tonight and say, no more, I'm going to call you my husband. Jesus. 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 Would you be everything? You are everything, but be my everything. Just... Full everything, God. Full everything, every part of me, Lord. Just pray. Just pray in your own way to the Lord. Just cry out. I don't need to do this for you. Just pray. Lord, just be everything. Just be everything, Lord. Be everything, Lord. I want them, when they look at my eyes, they need to see you, Lord. When they walk by me, they need to feel you. They need to smell you. They need to feel your touch. When I touch them, Lord, they... They need to see you in my smile. They need to see you in my family. They need to see you in my finances. They need to see you in everything, Lord. It's got to be one with you. One. One with you. Sure. Pour out the wine, Lord, of intimacy in our spirits right now. Just pour out the new wine of of your presence in our hearts, Lord. Just pour it out, Lord. Pour it out, Lord, that we will be unsatisfied with anything other than your presence. Anything other than being with you will not satisfy us, Lord. Doesn't matter how big the deal, the business deal is, or how big the church, or how big the ministry. If we don't have you, it's empty, and it's empty, and it's empty, and it's empty, Lord. When we're lukewarm, we get separated. It's not anger. We're just separated because of our hearts. I don't want to be lukewarm. I don't want to be separated from you, God. Sure. <laughs> Awaken me, Lord. Awaken us. Awaken us. Awaken us to you. <laughs> <laughs> he knows who you are, isn't that awesome? And he still wants to marry us. <laughs> you need to let that sink in, some of you. He knows who you are, and he still wants to be with you. Let it sink in. One could potentially get drunk on that thought if you just let it simmer a little bit. 
and just drink on it a little bit. Wow. So keep your eyes closed. So this is what's happening as we're doing this. He's making covenants for you with the enemies against you. (laughs) As we're doing this, he's making covenants on your behalf against the beast of the field, against the creeping things, against the ones that want to bring the sword and the battle axe against you. He's actually doing it as you're doing this. And all you're doing is going, oh, just coming to my heart. And he's going, ah, oh, don't worry, I'm going to covenant with that thing that got you. I'm, I'm making a covenant against addiction. I'm making a covenant against the one that wants to steal, kill, and destroy. I'm reminding him of the blood covenant that overcame him. Death, where is your sting? He sits in the heaven and he does what? He laughs at the enemy. And all you need to do is this. (laughs) So, Lord, thank you that the sound of covenant is resounding in the spirit realm around us. That the sound of covenant is going out against those areas where we need help the most. Not covenant, but it's the covenant with you. It's the Lord, my husband. It's the Lord, my protector. The Lord who fights for me. And in this moment, you're starting to fight in areas where we thought it's impossible. Chains are falling. Yokes are breaking. Fallow ground is being opened up. Destiny is being unlocked. And you will know the Lord. And you will go, how could it be? I did nothing. And he says, that's exactly the point. So, Lord, we cry and we say, thank you, my husband. We love you, Jesus. We love you, Jesus. And I'm loved by you. I am your beloved. I am your beloved, Lord. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord. Now, Lord, we lift high the cup of our salvation tonight. Sure. We celebrate what you did.
we celebrate covenant love <laughs> with the one who is forever. Sure. A forever love, man. Yeah. I just felt like just stay in this, don't move out of it. But I felt before I hand over, I just felt like, I don't know, there's, I, I saw like a lady, I think it's a lady, like you've got breathing issues. Like, I don't know, stuff with your lungs is not great. And while we're doing this, the Lord just kind of walks in. Right? So that's you, just raise your hand. You don't have to just put up your hand, just acknowledge. Anybody who's got some serious breathing issues, I don't know if it's asthma or whatever it might be. Okay, am I missing? Okay. All right. I felt like the Lord is just walking into that. Sure. Thank you, Lord. I see somebody with you's got wrist issues. I don't know if it's carpal tunnel or if it's arthritis or osteoporosis. I don't know any one of those big words. You've got issue with your wrist. Is that is there anybody like that? All right. Okay, just stand there and just let him. Thank you, Jesus. Whew. Yeah, there you go. Like fire around your wrists. Jesus. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Oh, man. I keep getting stuff. So is, is there anybody with kidney issues in the room? Related to your kidneys, anything, I don't know. Know someone, okay, that's good. Let's stand for them. Okay, all right. Thank you, Lord. Just fire on those kidneys, God. In Jesus' name, your burning, fiery love on those kidneys. Jesus. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you for listening to this session. We hope that you were blessed by it. For more information about the ministry, go to www.aflame.co.za or find us on Facebook and Instagram under Aflame Ministries. Until next time, be blessed in Jesus' name.